Um, before we get started, I just want to say, we uh, just a quick reminder, we've got in September, we're going to be starting um, a time change for Elevate. We're going to be starting at 6.30 to 8.30. Um, again, this will give us time to meet together as a leadership team. That's including adult leaders and student leaders at 6 o'clock to be able to pray for 20 minutes every, before every service. Because how many of you guys know that prayer is important? Prayer is powerful. And um, that'll also give us more time during the service to be able to do more, have more worship, more prayer and all that, because um, we are actually already starting to run out of time here. So um, that'll give us more time, more flexibility. But with the time change, we took advantage to make some new invites. So you guys can invite your friends, invite your um, coworkers everywhere you go. We've got a bunch of these out in the lobby. Feel free to grab a bunch and pass them out. But we are continuing the series called um, Now It's Our Turn. We're actually going to be finishing that series tonight. And um, we're, I'm really excited for it. I think we're going to kick it, end it with a bang. I'm really looking forward to what God's going to do in our place tonight and in our hearts. But before we get going, um, I need a volunteer to pray over us. Let's see. I've got Jackson over here. Come on, give Jackson a big round of applause, you guys. Awesome. All right, come on up here, Jackson. Would you just say a prayer over us before we get started? Um, okay. You got it. Oh. Um, dear God, I just pray um, over everyone that um, even if they are worried about uh, the new school year, um, that it is uh, just another uh, school year and um, that we're going to uh, learn new things and um, throughout the year become um, hungry for you, hung hungrier for you, God. And I just um, pray that everyone will have a great school year and make um, new friends. And uh, yeah, in Jesus' name, pray. Amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome job, you guys. That's awesome. All right, so what I want you guys to do right now is get out your phone, scan the QR code, or go to the website. We're going to take a little poll here to start off the school year. Um, this is going to be this is going to be really this is going to be awesome. I'm really excited to see how this turns out. But go ahead and get your phone, get the QR code, um, or you can go to ahaslides.com/elevate8. Just the number eight. 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 Or you can scan the QR code. Or you can go to ahaslides.com/elevate8. Man, can we, can we get just like a little bit of music? This is really awkward. Maybe it's just awkward for me since I'm the one standing up here, but I don't know. It feels really awkward to me. You know what? We don't need music anymore. We got some music over here. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, this music's really scary. This is scary. All right, let's cut off the music. Cut off the music. This is freaking me out. All right, we're going to move on. Most of you guys are in, but you guys will still have a chance to connect in. I'll give you guys just another 10, 15 seconds. So um, you guys can either get in or you can go to the website at the top there. Is it on the top? Okay, there we go. There we go. Maybe I just need to get out of the way. Maybe I'm standing in front of the QR code. Carson's got like a couple phones up here. He's doing chores. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the next slide. You guys will be able to hop in as soon as you get it. 
but we got to keep going. So if you could just hit the next slide there, I won't be able to control it. So that's on you guys back there. Okay, first question. We're right into it. We're gonna we're gonna get a good poll. That's going on at Elevate. What grade are you in? What grade are you in? This year. Wow, a lot of 10th graders. What the heck? That's like half the group. Okay, it's really close to half. It's really close to half. Man, if you were in 8th or 11th, I'm sorry. Like, you got no friends here. Um, okay, so we've got 10th grade. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, 8th grade is coming up a little bit. All right, we got just a couple more seconds to answer. Looks like 10th grade is like the reigning champion of Elevate for whatever reason. We have a lot of 10th graders. All right, we're going to move on to the next slide here. Which school do you go to? I tried to think of as many schools as possible to put on here. Well, there's a lot of yelling. Um, What? I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, he's not here, so. Oh, you are? Okay, what's other? What? I don't know, what's other? You're not a student. Oh, okay, so we got all our leaders are picking other. I get it, okay, I get it, okay. We got homeschool. We got a lot of homeschool. Got a lot of Liberty North. Got a lot of Liberty High. Um, Staley and Northland are pretty low. And then there's a lot of like blanks. We did see that there is one for Smithville High. He's just not here tonight. So, um, okay. There's also one for South Valley. Okay. We're going to move on to the next one. Favorite subject? Easy. This is a basic question. I know. I'm just really curious. There's going to be a lot of people that put lunch. Lunch is a subject. Nothing. English. War. War. History. Wow, that's, that's a cool subject there. Skip. Wow, I'm a subject, okay. I don't know what to think about that. What does that mean? What is war? Is that an actual subject? <laughs> That's awesome. History seemed to be, it seems to be the biggest one here. All right, we're moving on to the next one. All right, we're getting a little deep tonight. Okay, we're getting a little deep. This is completely anonymous, by the way, so answer truthfully. How often do you feel anxious or fearful about school? We just kind of talked, we just kind of prayed through that. We just talked about it a little bit. Okay, the average um, anxiety meter is at four, which is honestly not too bad if you think about it. Wow. That's not bad. No one's nine anxious, though. No one has nine anxious units. I don't see a nine anxious unit on there. Oh, you just don't go to school. Okay, so you don't have to worry about anxiety if you just skip the entire thing. Okay, I like the way you think. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next one. Let's move on to the next one. This will help us later. What would you say is the number one issue in your school? 
I know there's going to be some jokes in there, but I, I'm really curious what you'd say is the number one issue. Oh, okay. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> People? <laughs> oh, okay. Baseball players, I've graduated. Ex-relationships. Smelly bathrooms. That, if that's the number one issue in your school is smelly bathrooms, you've got a decent school. I'm just going to say that. I don't know. I've graduated. The food. My cat getting on my work. Younger kids being loud. Eating outside. Eating outside? Come on, guys. I'm homeschooled. Gross food. I don't like learning. X. Definitely people. Wow. Number one answer was people. Number one answer was people. All right, we've got one more. Again, it's on the serious side, but this will help us develop the message. How empowered do you feel like you can make a change in your school? Super, super cheesy Christian answer or uh, question. Give me money. Okay. How much influence do you feel like you have in your school? Zero. You feel like you have zero influence. Wow, a little over half, a little over five. Got a lot of zeros, but we also got a lot of tens, so. I bet the tens are homeschool people. I bet the tens are homeschool people. <laughs> I just realized, yeah, you have total influence over the classmates in your school. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. All right, very interesting results. We found out that the worst thing about school is the people, and um, somehow Sean, Andrew, and Zach are also the worst things in school, and we don't even go to school, so I don't know how that works out, but I hope we're not making that bad of an impression on Wednesday nights to where you're like thinking Thursday and Friday like, oh my gosh, I cannot stop thinking about what Andrew did on the drums. That was horrible. It was horrible. I hope it's not that bad. <laughs> but... All right, we're going to move on. Thanks for, playing with, thanks for playing with the poll, you guys. But I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question that what if your high school looked different? And I don't, mean, I don't mean different as in like painting the walls or changing the floors or even changing the people. But I'm just saying, what if we did high school differently? What if, what if we did high school differently? What if we didn't have to have all the same struggles that we have in high school? You know, what if we didn't have to have all the same struggles that we have in middle school? What if it was different? And in the Bible, we see figures such as King Josiah, who was at a very young age when he became king. You know, I believe he was eight years old. I believe he was eight years old when he was the king. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. So he was eight years old when he became king. A king has a lot of influence, right? A king has, like, total influence. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, so he did good things. He walked in the ways of David, his father, and did not turn aside to the left or to the right. For in the eight year, eighth year of his reign, while he was yet a boy, so he would have been, you know, do math, 8 plus 8 is 16. When the eighth year of his reign, when he was a boy, he began to seek the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the asherim, and the carved and metal images. So Josiah dared to ask... What if my kingdom was different? 
he dared to ask, what if Israel was different? Because at the time, Israel was devoting themselves to false gods. They were fully devoting 100% of their life to these statues and these carven images. And Josiah, at 16 years old, he asked, he dared to ask, what if this kingdom was different? How many of you guys are 16 in this place? Any 16-year-olds? Got a few of those. So that's how old he was when he reigned king, and he dared to ask those questions. He said, what if my kingdom was different? And we, have a, we see another biblical figure that goes by the prophet of Jeremiah. His name is Jeremiah. It says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So God made a call on his life. He said, I, I want you to be a prophet to the nations. I want you to make a change. But Jeremiah said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. The Lord said to me, do not, do not say I'm only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Don't be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver them. Once God got Jeremiah's heart, Jeremiah dared to ask, what if Israel was different? What if the place I live is different? What if the people around me acted differently? What if the people around me devoted themselves fully to God instead of idols? And how many of you guys know that we live in a very similar culture around us, you know, that we talk about this a lot, that, you know, our culture, our community, um, even in the good spots, we still find ourselves devoted to idols. They're not carven images. They're not, you know, metal statues anymore, but they are other things. They are things such as, like, our obsessions, our, our flesh, you know, our comforts. You know, uh, we have lots of things that, we, that our culture elevates as idols, but what I believe is that I believe that God has purposely put each of you in each of your schools and each of your uh, workplaces in your families to become agents of change, to become people that will dare to ask, what if this was different? And I'm not just talking about schools or your school, but I believe that each of us is placed in a circle of influence and that it's our responsibility to ask, what if it was different? A couple of weeks ago, I preached a message that was called Made for Such a Time as This. Who you guys, how many of you guys remember that? We talked about Esther, how she was um, not just, she didn't just exist in spite of the issues, but she, God made her because of those issues. You know, she, didn't, she wasn't just randomly put, put in that place in time, and then she had to deal with the issues that she was facing, but the Bible says that God made her designed her, crafted her, designed her personality and her influence, designed her abilities for those issues, because of those issues, not in spite of those issues. And we see that with the prophet of Jeremiah, that God says that um, before, I, before you knew, I knew you in the mother's womb, I created you. I made you. You were made for such a time as this. You were made for this time in Israel to be a prophet to the nations. Same with King Josiah. You were made to be king at this age for such a time as this. And I want to make, extend the same challenge to you, that you weren't here in spite of the challenges your schools are facing or in spite of the challenges your family's facing or your work is facing. You were created and made intentionally because of those reasons. I'm not saying every single reason is like that, but there are certain things in our life that should rise up inside of us. There are certain callings, certain situations we get in that something inside of us should almost be like, I was made for this. I was made for this. And so I want to talk about that some more. Um, and I want to look at what it looks like to answer that call and to dare to ask that question, what if it looked different? What if things were different? What if things 
didn't have to be this way? What if bullying looked different? What if all these things looked different? What if I was put here for a time like this? What if I was made for such a time like this? And so I believe there's three things that we need to get in order to answer that call and take a step towards that. And the first thing is, first thing you need to get is get angry. Get angry. Psalms chapter 4, verse 4 through 5 says, Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Offer your sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. How many of you guys are here are willing to admit that maybe you lean a little bit to the angry side? I don't know if anybody's willing to admit that. We've got a few people who admit that they lean a little bit to the angry side. Um, if you know me, I'm a pretty laid-back guy. Like, I'm pretty chill. Um, I don't really get angry. Like, that's just not my personality. Um, you can ask my wife or my mom that have never raised my voice, like, ever. Like, I just, that's just not who I am, for better or for worse, for better or for worse, um, that's, I'm just pretty laid back, but my mom tells this story of this one time that she's ever seen me get really angry, like raging angry. I don't know how old I was. I probably was like four or five, but she looks out the window in the backyard, and um, me and my siblings are playing in the backyard, and she doesn't know what happened before this moment, but she looks out, and I'm on one side of the yard, and one of my sisters are on the other side of the yard, and she looks at me, and I'm like turning, I turn around towards one of my sisters, with just this rage on my face. And she's like, I, I was like ready to go. And just like, my sister was like, had her back against me. And then I begin to just start barreling towards her with this intent to just barrel her over. And so she like opens up the window, just like, Sean, what are you doing? And then I just like stopped dead in my tracks. And she said, that was the, that's like the only time I've ever been angry. But I don't know, I'm just not an angry person. I just don't get like that. But I believe when we talk about anger in this context, it's not the same kind of anger, right? It's a different kind of anger. Um, I recently took a guy's trip with some of the dudes that are here this past weekend. Uh, we went to Branson, Missouri. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. And um, we were going to Lambert's. And you, any of you guys like Lambert's? They throw the rolls, right? Yeah. That was the first time I've ever been to Lambert's was on Saturday. So, <laughs> hey, we didn't have lots of money, okay? I spent like 20 bucks on that meal, so... It's, it was good, though. The rolls were worth it, and the pass-arounds were amazing. But anyways, we're driving to Lambert's, and we had to drive to Springfield. We were in Branson, so that's like a 30, 40-minute drive. And we had to take a couple cars to get there because there's just, you know, a good number of us. And um, so we're just passing the time, and I, just, I asked the question to the car I was driving, and I asked, um, you, you, I explained to them that it's like, you know how there are certain things certain like issues or situations you're in that make you angry, right? There's certain things that just make you upset. You feel like really like upset on the inside and all that. And there's certain things that like make you angry, like certain issues in the world, like your blood pressure rises, all that stuff. But there are other things, like other, there's like specific things that I feel inside of me that I wouldn't say made me upset, but it riled me up. I don't know a good way to explain it. It didn't like, make me angry in a way I would think of anger, but it was almost like the spirit inside of me said that's not right in like a unique way. It was almost like my spirit inside of me was saying, you personally can't make, let this happen anymore, that you are responsible for this issue. And it's taken me you know, 24 years to begin to realize that, but I believe that's what, when we, call, when we say that's a calling, I believe that's it. A calling is when 
you have an issue or there's a certain thing that's going on around you and your spirit rises up, not your flesh, and your spirit rises up and says, that's not right. And we're going to talk about the difference of what that looks like, the difference between flesh anger, the anger of our body or just of our mind, and the, dif- and the difference between that and of spiritual anger, of righteous anger, that the Bible says the holy anger. And I believe that some of you need to allow yourself to get righteously angry. I believe some of us, you need to let yourself, let your spirit get angry at things. Let your spirit get angry. And because I believe the spirit has placed something inside of you that is supposed to make you angry. And I think we live in a culture right now, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, that just says you are not allowed to call other people out. You're not allowed to call issues out. And if we're not there yet, we're definitely heading towards that direction. And I think there are certain things that you need to let yourself get angry about. And you are still responsible for your words and actions, of course. Again, we're going to talk about the difference. But you need to let yourself get angry. And here's the big disclaimer. You are supposed to get angry, but do not sin. Be angry and do not sin. So what does that look like? When you're angry, how do you be angry and do not sin? When you feel that righteous anger rise up inside of you, whether it's about a specific issue or a lot of issues, doesn't matter. You must always, always, always treat every single person with love, respect, grace, mercy, truth, every fruit and gift of the Spirit. They are, they are deserved of everything. Always, forever, to the end of time, they are children of God. When we begin to take our anger, and the second we turn it and direct it towards a name or a person, that is not righteous anger anymore. Because that is not the kind of emotion that God has towards that person. That is not the image of God. That is not treating them like the image of God. That's not having the thoughts of God. That's the thoughts of the flesh and the enemy. The second you turn and direct your anger towards another human being, that's when sin starts. That's when you're angry and you're sinning. So when it says be angry and do not sin, it's really important to know what the anger is directed towards. When God is angry... We see God angry at, like, we see God angry at uh, spirits and principalities and the evils of this world. And so, for me personally, um, I've got a few things that I'm, that I get, that gets me, like, righteously angry about. And again, when I say that, that is, if, if any of, if any of you guys here are struggling with anything I'm about to say, I, I, I am not angry at you, ever. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm in a fallen world still, so, like, if I slip up, I slip up. But my intention and my goal is to mature, so I'm never angry at people, but I'm always angry at the issues. And what that looks like is you're dealing with the issue, but always loving the person with as much love and respect that you would give Jesus. If Jesus were standing there, that's how much love and respect they deserve. They are children of God way before the issue. These are God's children. We are God's children way before we have issues. When God looks at us, he sees Jesus, and we need to be doing the same. And Genesis 1, chapter 27, just reiterates that. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. It's very clear here. So when we are angry at a person for a person's sake, then we are directing that anger towards an image of God. And... You know, we all know that's probably not a good thing to do. So the first thing to do is you need to allow yourself to get angry. You need to allow yourself to get angry, to get riled up, but 
never at a person, always at the issue. Never at a person, never at a child of God, always at the spirit behind the person. So that's the first thing you do is get angry. Second thing to do is get praying. You need to get praying. If you want to see change in your school, if you want to dare to ask, what if high school looked different? What if America looked different? What if our world looked different? What if my family looked different? You need to get angry at the issues and get praying. If we believe that God can change the world, if we believe God can change our dad or our uncle or our classmate or our worker, but we're not praying, that, that's hypocrisy. <laughs> like, if we believe prayer works and we believe God wants to change, but we don't pray, then we don't actually believe that. So we have to get praying. Um, we read this earlier, but Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we got to get praying. we got to get praying. If we believe that works, then we have to be praying. We have to be praying for the people around us. Now, um, you know, in September, the last week of September is the National Week of Prayer, um, specifically directed towards schools. If you didn't know that, oh, it's not the last week, it's the week before the last week. It's the third week in September, I believe. Um, but there's the National Week of Prayer is near the end of the month. It's directed towards schools. And Wednesday, September 28th, is actually the National Day of Prayer for Schools. And that is See You at the Pool Day. Uh, how do you guys know what See You at the Pool is? Yeah. A lot of you guys don't know what See You at the Pool is. Okay, we're going to be talking about that soon. So hopefully you will by the end of that. But See You at the Pool is on Wednesday, September 28th. It happens every year, once a year in September. And it is a day where students, believing students, gather around the flagpole in every school in America before school starts. And they take turns praying for the school, for our country, for the school system, for the teachers. It's, uh, if you've been in a small group, it's like popcorn prayer. And it's completely student-led. It's student-led, student-controlled, student-initiated. And so I imagine most of your schools have a see you at the poll thing. And um, if not, I want to encourage you to start it. Like, um, see you at the poll is really powerful. But um, back on topic of what we're talking about, uh, we have an event coming up during, uh, on see you at the poll day on September 28th. In, during the youth service, and uh, we're really excited. We've been working on this for a little while, so we're really excited to be able to announce it. But to announce it, I want to show you guys a quick video, so let's watch. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. We are carriers of God's light. If there's darkness somewhere, it means that we haven't brought the light there yet. You are God's chosen vessel. You were made for such a time as this. In James chapter five, it says, the prayers of a righteous person will not come short, but that there is actually great power in its working. Esther was chosen for such a time of darkness to bring the light. She had reasons why it wouldn't work, but God said those are all the more reasons why she needed to bring the light and come pray. God spoke to Jonah to bring the light to the city of Nineveh. Jonah told God how dark the city was, but God said that's all the more reason to bring the light and come pray. God spoke to revivalist Charles Finney to go to the darkness in Rochester, New York. He told God that it was too dark, but God told him that's all the more reason to go there, bring the light, and come pray. And now, God is speaking to Gen Z to speak 
to act and intercede for your schools. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. It matters how bright our God is. Come Pray for Your School 2022 is an event happening during the National Week of Prayer on See You at the Pole Wednesday. We are gathering members of Generation Z to come pray for our campuses, to pray for our schools, and to intercede for those attending our schools. This event is happening Wednesday, September 28th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. in place of our normal youth service. We're going to have a photo booth. We're going to be giving away some nice Bibles, but most importantly, the most important thing we're going to be doing is praying for our schools. Revival in our schools demands a bold and passionate generation who is unafraid to be almost reckless in obedience to our Father. Revival starts with you. It starts with us. So come join us on September 28th and pray for our schools. Yeah, so we are super excited. We've been working on this for a while now. But um, come pray for our schools. We have invites out in the lobby that we want to see as many people here as possible. We're really excited for this because we, we don't want to advertise anything else other than, hey, this is a prayer night. This is a night where we're going to be praying for our schools. And um, we're just going to be having, we're going to have some fun during that night as well. Like I said, we've got a photo booth. We're going to have some pizza. But most importantly, we're going to be praying for our schools actively, passionately. It's not going to look like a normal youth service that night, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So we've got a bunch of invites out in the lobby that I want to encourage you guys to grab those. And we've also got um, some posters as well. So uh, we've got a lot of posters. You guys can, there's enough for at least, each of you guys to grab at least five. So I want to see at least, I want to see all of you guys grabbing five. Um, hang them up in your schools, hang them up in coffee shops and your areas, or you can just hang them up in your room as well. Like, that's cool too. But um, Come Pray for Your School is coming up, but that should help us. That event is not the end goal, but that's the starting line. That's not the end goal, that's the starting line. And in the month of September, we're going to be starting a series that is focused on how we can see practical ways on how we can bring revival to our schools. We're going to be having, um, there's a guest speaker in particular I'm excited about that's uh, uh, one of our friends, if you know Maddie, it's Maddie's sister. She's going to be speaking and speaking on how to start a, a prayer club at your school. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to be announcing some things during that month as well. And, to, and so we have this at the end of the month. Come pray for your school, and we want to see you guys there. We want to bring your friends there because, guys, prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer works, and we can bring that change. So James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. So we use that verse a lot around here, but that just means that when we pray, it works. When we pray, it works. So number one is to get angry. Number two is get praying. And the last thing is get community because you cannot do this alone. If you want to see change in your school, your workplace, or your family, you need, you need people to rally around you. You need people to rally with you. You need community. And there are lots of ways to do that, but... Of course, one of those ways is here at church, what we're doing right now, that we are a community here at church. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up, and um, we're, what we're going to do right now is we're going to, be, we're going to get um, community here together and take some communion. And um, I want to explain real quick what communion looks like. Um, many of you guys might remember a message I preached at the beginning of this year about communion, explaining what it was. And I just want to kind of um, recap that really quick. If you look at the juice, it is not wine, by the way, it is juice. Um, if you look at the juice, 
Uh, I was trying to think of like an acronym, I think is what it's called, of how we can remember what communion's about. And I couldn't find one online, so I just made one up. And I, I thought, you know, the juice is red, reddish. And so I thought of an acronym that worked well with red. And that is remember, examine, and draw close. And so when we take communion, we do those three things. When we take communion, we remember what Jesus did for us. We remember the price that he paid for us. We remember the things that happened to him. We remember the blood that was spilled and the body that was broken. And the second thing we do is we examine our hearts. We examine our motives. We examine if we need to repent of anything. We examine all those things. We examine our hearts. And then the, and the last one is draw close. That we draw close to God and we draw close to each other. This is, this is obviously the main thing is us drawing close to God. But when we take communion, it's almost always with other people around us. It's our church family or our natural family. And so when we take communion, we draw close to God, but by doing that, we are drawing close together as well. And so let's get the lights down in this um, building here, and we're going to take communion together. That is the opposite of down. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm giving you guys a hard time. So what we're going to do is you can go ahead and open up the bread or the cracker. So we're going to take communion together. And so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take it together. So Father... We thank you for what this represents. We remember the price that you paid for us. And this cracker, this bread represents your body that was broken for us. It represents what you did to save us and to heal us. This bread represents the body that was broken to heal our soul, our spirit, and our body. And so right now we take this bread in remembrance of you. take the cup, and the cup represents the blood that was spilled. The God blood that was spilled on the cross. The valuable, the invaluable God blood. That was the blood that was supposed to be ours. That when we sinned, we fell short of God, and that we, somebody had to pay a price. And so God sent his son to die for us so that we could forever be with him. So let's take this cup. it was really important to me to take communion together. For a lot of us, today is the first day of school, that we can be united in this together, that we have this, these band of brothers and sisters that are with us, that no matter what happens, God, that you are with us, and that you can use the people around us to speak to us. So as we sing this next song, I want to encourage you to begin to think about what Jesus did for us, but also think about what Jesus can do for your classmates that Jesus died just as much for your classmates as he did for you. So let's all stand up together and let's worship one last time in this place.
Jesus, God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us, God. Thank you for giving us hope and giving us new life, God. We just pray a blessing over everyone here. We speak for the salvation of our schools, of the people that we work with, of our co-workers, of our families, God. We just thank you so much that if it's not, if it's not good, you're not done, God. We just believe that, and we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let's give God some praise tonight. All right. Awesome. All right. Real quick before we go, I just want to highlight a few of our students leading during worship. We've got Hannah rocking it out on vocals. We've got Jessica on guitar. We've got Haley on guitar. We've got Tyler back there doing the words and Spencer doing the sound. Let's give him a round of applause, you guys. Awesome. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. Come pray. Get, get some invites. Get some posters. We can order more if we have to. Go grab those out in the lobby. And next week, we're doing a testimony night with Abby, Grace, Caitlin, and Josiah. So it's going to be good. I'll see you guys next week.